Zach, my man, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? It's coming along. Hey, everybody's here. Perfect. Can you, do I sound okay? Too loud, too soft? Now you sound just perfect on here. Just perfect. Excellent. All right, all right. So, um, how's your day going, man? You know what? I was gonna say same stuff, different day, but you know it's going it's going well. You know I'm in Chicago and it's uh, above sixty degrees, so I'm gonna call that a win. All right. I'm, well, being down here in um, the DMV area, which is uh, DC, Maryland, and Virginia, it's about fifty four degrees outside, so I call that a minus. <laughs> it could be colder. <laughs> it's not bad though for late November. I'll, I'll take yeah, that. Man. Yeah, I can take that for right now, but I know we're getting some cold weather coming in pretty soon, though. Yeah, the cold before the storm. Exactly. All right, Zach. Um, welcome back again to the Realist Sports Show, man. I appreciate you coming back on here. I know we had some technical difficulties the last time with the uh, last show that we did together. No worries. You know, it's, it's always fun to talk pinball, whether it's just between you and I or with your listeners, you know, always here. Yeah, man. I, I feel the same way about sports in general. Just love talking sports with anybody. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, a couple questions, uh, some of the same ones that I asked the last time frame. So, um, Zach, tell everybody about you and what they need to know about you particularly. Sure. Uh, my name is Zach Sharp. I am for my job. I am the director of marketing for Stern Pinball, but on the side, I am a professional competitive pinball player, and I was formerly ranked number one in the entire world. All right. All right. So, so um, Zach, check this. Uh, let's see here. What is like? Okay, I know you're a fierce competitor. And I know you uh, like competing in a lot of competitions. Can you tell our listeners, listening today or tomorrow, whatever the case may be, is what is the mentality of a pinball uh, pro? Sure. Uh, Oh, no, sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. What was the second part? Um, What's the mentality of a pinball pro? or expert, I should say, going into a competition, getting ready, what's the mental, like, what is the mental of going into a game and or a competition? Like? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely many components to that. So I would say physiology, of, physically speaking, when you go to a pinball tournament, um, it's, I would equate it to trying to shoot a pressure-packed free throw Constantly, like just imagine. And it's kind of funny because one of um, a really good competitive pinball player, his name is Todd McCulloch, and he used to play for the 76ers. He was the center for the Nets as well. And he, you know, after he was forced to retire from the NBA, he picked up and always loved pinball. And when he started playing uh, competition pinball, he was like, I am more nervous playing in these competitive pinball events than when I was shooting free throws in the NBA finals or playing against Shaq. So the way he kind of described it, and it was a cool uh, perspective was when you're shooting a pressure packed uh, free throw, 
that's all on you. You're you're in control of that ball and you're trying to make your shot. With pinball, it's no different. You have that little pinball on your flipper and you're trying to consistently hit these shots. It, except, you know, with a free throw, you're going to have, you know, anywhere from one to three, where with pinball, you're shooting hundreds of shots. And every time you miss a shot, you're in danger of draining. And with competitive pinball, you don't get many opportunities. You only have three balls. So in that moment, you need to perform under pressure right then and there. It's not like you can just keep hitting restart, restart, and play as many games as you want. You need to perform right then and there, almost like hitting a, a putt. You know, if you're playing in, in a golf tournament and your opponent, you know, nails a par putt and you need a birdie to win, you need to hit that putt right now and then. And it's just, it's no different than pinball. So just dealing with your nerves and kind of battling under pressure is that kind of physical aspect and mental game. And then the second part of trying to prepare yourself for a competition is a lot like chess. You know, every game has different rule sets and you kind of want to know what's risky, what's safe and just modifying your strategy as you're competing on the fly. Because, you know, when you're playing somebody, your strategy is constantly going to change ball to ball because, you know, like with baseball, if you're the home team and you're going second, if the opponent scores nine runs and you have to have this huge deficit to come back, you're going to be way more risky because you need to hit, you know, home runs. But if you're only down one run, it's like, all right, I might bunt here. I'm going to sacrifice just to get this runner in a scoring position. It's no different than with pinball. If your opponent kind of screws up his first couple balls, you might be a little bit more risk adverse and you're going to take an easier path to a more safe score versus needing to kind of shoot for the moon. Understandable, understandable. Um, so um, I see that it's a lot of it's a lot of brain activity going on with pinball and any sport that you have to um, compete into because you know you're focused on watching your opponent, watching your opponent's moves. You're studying your strategy, getting your strategy together, how you want to play against this player that you're going up against whether it's any, any sport that you're going to be or any kind of competition level. You're trying to study your opponent to see what your opponent does and also keep the rules and the regulations that there are in different sports. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's grueling. I mean, I, I know a lot of people might laugh at it if you've never competed in a pinball tournament, but, I mean, these things are no joke. I mean, you're playing and you're standing on your legs for 10, 12 hours in a day. And that's just the physical aspect, it, you know, nudging and shaking the machines, your palms, your wrists might start hurting. But um, it's the mental aspect where you're constantly trying to keep this ball alive and one little mental lapse or, you know, flub of the flipper and your tournament life is over. So it's that kind of mental fatigue that you're trying to keep alert and, you know, you get you hit hour 10 11 and you try to just keep that focus not to mention you know you want to stay hydrated and keep your nutrition up because it's easy to forget that hey i haven't eaten something in six hours i should probably eat something or i'm getting a little shaky yeah yeah most definitely i agree with that so um is there any uh how would you tell a, a person that's just starting out pinball? How would you 
um, what are some training things that they can go to or look at or what are some training measures they can take to advance themselves in the pinball? Sure. So they just yeah, no, I mean, there's many different paths there. So, I mean, there's so many great online resources that if you're, there's so many competitions that are streamed or people playing, doing tutorials. So, I mean, even if you search pinball on Twitch or even YouTube, I mean, there's so many historical videos of tournaments and learning, you know, the rules of games. Like that's one aspect, but, you know, going online and going to the ifpapinball.com site when there are tournaments again, uh, obviously I'll, I'll talk as if there's no uh, global pandemic happening right now, but in, in a normal world when we're having, you know, gatherings and tournaments, I mean, there's local leagues and tournaments in your area all over the world and just playing and connecting with the community uh, is one of the best steps now from you know, physically playing the machine, you know, don't, don't flip with both flippers at the same time. Uh, similar to a boxer, you know, you're not going to throw two punches at the same time. You're going to calculate your jab or, you know, your hook. And it's no different than the flippers. You want to treat those as extension of your fingers. I mean, you are literally becoming one with the machine. So just focusing on ball control. Um, if you have access to, you know, your own game or free play, you know, mess around, let play one handed, try to anticipate angles. Uh, there's this one move called a dead flip where you literally do nothing. The ball will come to a flipper, bounce over to the other flipper, and it helps kind of gain control and you can kind of plot out your next shot. And ultimately, I mean, besides, you know, don't be afraid to nudge the machine. I mean, these things aren't delicate. I mean, they were meant to be, you know, shaken around. There's a tilt mechanism in there, so it will let you know if you're shaking it too hard. So don't be afraid to shake it. And ultimately, I know there's a lot of nuance to the rules, but the games do a really good job of explaining what to do by, you know, showcasing flashing lights. So, you know, when you don't know what to do in a given circumstance of playing pinball, look at what the game is trying to tell you what to do. You know, some shot might be strobing and flashing really bright compared to other shots. You know, shoot that shot. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, yeah. And like I said, uh, like I would say before, so you're telling the, the audience members, if you're nudge the machine, kind of tap it a little bit to get that little tilt that you need to kind of balance out your ball or whatever the case may be is, yeah, I mean, it's you don't want to just shake it unnecessarily. You want to shake it with purpose. So, you know, there's danger zones in the machine that's trying to, you know, drain your ball. There's the outlanes on the side, and then there's the middle between the flippers. So if a ball is going down the middle and you're able to hold the flipper up and maybe just gently nudge the machine, you can change the trajectory of the ball and essentially give yourself an extra ball, a free life. Because if you did nothing and the ball would drain anyways, you're done anyways. So if you're able to shake it and save your ball by strategically, you know, that risk reward of pushing the machine to its limits, um, you can advance your score and keep your ball alive. Okay. So um, how did you get into pinball? What made you want to become a pinball competitor? I'll try to give you the abbreviated version, but um, my dad, helped, he was very instrumental in helping legalize pinball. So 
just a little history lesson for you, but um, pinball was illegal from around the 1940s through the mid 70s because it was seen as a game of luck, not skill. And he was called in as an expert uh, witness and gave testimony and proved in court that it was in fact a game of skill. He was calling his shots. They had a pinball machine inside a courtroom and he was he helped you know legalize pinball across the major metropolitan cities. And in fact, if you, if you, go, if you Google search Roger Sharp, I, I, funny enough on Comedy Central, there's this little history, you know, drunk history web series and they did one featuring his story. So um, you can say I was born into pinball. Okay. Strong. I mean, that's pretty strong to say. Um, I, I like that, though, because, you know, a lot of people are born into uh, football. A lot of people are born into soccer. A lot of people are born into playing basketball for their whole life, and that's their dream come true, that they become stars in the NBA or the NFL or Major League Soccer. Or, yeah. You know, baseball. I will say this, though. It's kind of funny and a, tes a testament to my dad and his kind of parenting. He did not want – so I have an older brother as well who's a very you know highly ranked competitive pinball player, and my dad – did not want us competing in pinball tournaments when we were young because he was afraid of a sibling rivalry forming and he didn't want something that he held, you know, so dear to his, his heart with pinball to like destroy his sons getting along. So it took many, many years as us as kids to like beg and plead to let him let us compete because we've always been competitive uh, kids. Just, you know, I, I was in Taekwondo we were in sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, you name it. And there was a local um, expo in Chicago. And we noticed little kids competing in tournaments. And we're like, Dad, what's that? And he wouldn't let us compete. He's like, no, just go play in the free play area. You don't need a, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. And <laughs> it took just years of wearing him down that he just kind of threw his hands up in the air. He's like, you know what, fine, go compete. <laughs> and we loved it. And not only did we love it, we were really good. I mean, we just dominated the junior circuit. If I wasn't winning it, my brother Josh was. And we won every junior's tournament from, you know, when I was 12 to 16, when that was your last year of eligibility on the junior circuit. So we just never looked back. Okay. I mean, y'all got a brother, you know, brother-to-brother -brother rivalry going on just a little bit. Yep. Have you ever competed against your brother in a competition? Oh, yeah. I, I would love to call him in, and you can ask him, you know, who does he think the better player is. But uh, let's just say if we were the Williams sister of uh, tennis to pinball, I am definitely Serena, and he's Venus. <laughs> <laughs> A little, bit, a little was, bit more decorated. Let's just say that um, in my accomplishment. You no, know, I was just about to. Yeah, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I would say for, like I always like to use the Mannings as well. You know, Eli versus Peyton. But then when Peyton won a second uh, Super Bowl and they were even, I'm like, yeah, I can't really use that analogy anymore. So let's go with the Williams sisters. <laughs> mm -hmm. Man, you know both. Uh, I've uh, um I've always wanted to see a the two Manny brothers actually in a Super Bowl game and see who will actually win that game. Now we've gotten Tom Brady and Eli Manny 
in a Super Bowl twice. Game before we all know who won that game. Twice. twice. And we know who both and we know who won those competitions going forward. Now I would now we've also seen Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady in uh AFC championship games. We all know who won those. And, and, and it's always an intense rivalry going on between uh Brady and Manning's brothers. Yeah, no, I mean I would say the the, the funny thing is with pinball, it's it's a great just camaraderie. You know, it's it's a lot like golf where you can't be mad at your opponent for, you know, hitting a hole in one. I mean, you can just you just have to like tip your cap or applaud them. And when you drain, it's your fault. So it's like you're mad at yourself. You're not mad at your opponent for you messing up a shot or tilting or draining. So, you know, with Josh and I, when we battle, it's to the death. But when we're not competing, <laughs> but when we're not competing against each other, we're each other's biggest cheerleaders. Right, right. Of course, you gotta be. You gotta support each other, yeah. and you know that goes a long way with uh, you know being brothers. Though you, you know, sometimes we win some, sometimes we lose some. But at the end of the day, as long as we supporting uh, our brother going forward, that's all we gotta do. Yep. Um. So what moves into my next question for you? Um. What are some? Uh, I know you probably. Ex- I know you explained some of the challenges in pinball, but what are? Are there any more like difficulties in going in a pinball competition, like or any more challenges that you might foresee? Somebody that might be just starting out as a rookie. Yeah, so I, I would say the one, and this is kind of like a mental aspect as well, is just knowing what you're in for in a tournament. So when you go to your local arcade, or you even own a machine in your basement. It might be set up, you know, relatively easy. Uh, using just golf again as an analogy, if you go to your local golf course, you know, it might be really easy. It's not very hilly. The rough is really thin. But then you go to the U.S. Open, and it's like if you go in the rough, you are screwed. Or the the greens are so fast that you're not going to make, you know, more than or less than two putts. And it's no different than a pinball competition. You know, these games are set tough you know it's going to be set steep the tilt is going to be very sensitive and you know there's no extra balls you know ball saves might be turned off and the reason why they do this is if you had it on these easy settings the really good players would play forever because you would be able to shake the machine around um it would just be way too easy to play and you know there's only so much time in a day and you want to have, you know, these matches moving along that, you know, it's set up tough, tough, but fair. Okay. okay. So I hear that you got this new idea coming about with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pinball game. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it, again, you know, in-person competitions at the moment with, you know, the global pandemic, it's kind of curbed any of those in-person gatherings and we wanted to keep the spirit of competition moving forward so we created this first ever stern pinball heads up pinball invitational and this tournament is was done all remotely so it was people with streaming equipment and they were you know battling each other racing against the clock in these objective-based challenges so you know first one to start ninja pizza multi-ball first to start turtle turtle power multi-ball and it was these short quick challenges that was twofold one it was an easy task that was 
um, easy to quantify. So you can have a stopwatch and it's like, all right, you finish that in two minutes. And then it was a metric for the competitor in a different location to compete against. And we packaged this all together and worked with Nickelodeon and a lot of other really big sponsors. And it was just a fun event. I mean, this was originally going to be an in-person event at Comic-Con back in July. But, you know, with Comic-Con being canceled, we just kind of pivoted and thought of, was there a creative way that we could do something digitally or virtually? And it really came well, you know, it came together very well. And it still had that kind of competition because it's these players battling for a brand new pinball machine. So it, it came out really, really well. Okay, so um, I would, I guess I can say this. Um, if you had any other sport that you think that you were good at, what would it be? Um, I, I was going to say I played a lot of sports growing up, and I was pretty good at all of them. I would say my best natural sport was baseball, but I didn't have passion for it. So I would say I was most gifted at either baseball or football. And football, I would say I definitely had the most love for, but um, I'm only five foot seven, 145 pounds. And when I was in high school, I, you know, was crack, you know, I was kind of like Rudy, five foot nothing. I wasn't even a hundred pounds and nothing. And um, I kind of was like, all right, all the other kids are getting way bigger and this is starting to hurt. So I would say right. if it was on an even playing field, um, football might have been the, the sport. Because when I went to college with flag football, um, you know, we won all of the championships. And I was kind of the star running back and cornerback because it was all just speed and not tackling at that point. So I don't know. I would say in terms of my love for sports, it would probably be football. Okay. So – I can definitely agree. I can definitely compare with you on the high school aspect of trying to play football in high school, being a buck 15, maybe a buck 20 in high school one time frame. So, yeah, I can definitely go with you on that one, though. I definitely played flag football before, too, as well. In um, my elementary school days, I played a little bit of flag football. Um, we didn't win a championship, though, but we competed. Uh, uh, we competed a lot, though. Um, I played different positions. I might have played wide receiver one day, might have played uh, running back the next day. And, you know, it was it was a competitive game all the way around. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see where if you go to high school and some of the other kids in high school are going to the gym, just bulking up in the gym, just beefing up <laughs> in the gym with all the leg weights and everything else going in the gym, and you're like, well, hey, well, how did I get that? How do I get that strong? How do I get that fast or do what they're doing? And it's just it's just competitive with even with the players on your team because they're all battling for one goal and one thing to do is to get that scholarship to the yep. next level. No, I mean, I, I uh, also competed in a, another sport. I joined late, but after kind of football, that dream went away after my freshman year in high school. I was looking for other outlets and I took to gymnastics and excelled, excelled really quickly and ended up on my club team in college. 
and competed in nationals. So that was kind of a, a quick trajectory. And I think like with me and pinball is it's been that competitive outlet that never goes away now because I've always, like I said, growing up, I've always been competitive, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, gymnastics, golf, bowling. And it's like pinball kind of carried that torch for me personally to kind of that scratches that competitive itch. And I will say that out of all of the competitions or, or wrestling in high school, like all of the competitions I've ever competed in, not, nothing right. tops pinball in terms of that thrill, that adrenaline rush of, you know, that agony, agony of defeat or, you know, the thrill of victory. It's all right there in your hands. And I, I love it. I can agree with you on that one too. I love I just love competing in football. I love playing football or basketball or something along the lines. Baseball, I took two. I, uh, funny story in baseball, um, just a quick second. Um, I had a baseball hit me in my Ooh. lip. Yeah. Then I had a baseball come across my lip one time frame, a fastball come across oh, my ouch. lip. And I believe that that time frame, I was young. I was playing in the PV leagues. Wasn't a really good catcher in baseball, so I was like, uh, okay, because um, I had to play uh, left fielder in baseball. So, with all that being said, I think I dropped my baseball green dreams at that moment. Yeah. Time. So, I just went basketball to football at that time. And I just loved the competitive, uh, competitiveness in both sports, basketball and football, because I just love – I want to – achieve victory, but I know sometimes you got to lose some games to understand that what you did wrong, how can you fix it? Because if you win all the time frame, you won't know how it feels to lose, or you wouldn't know what to fix because then that will be a Yeah, no, I mean, it's no different. Like, even though that I finished the year ranks number one in the world, I can definitely tell you I have lost more than I have won throughout my competitive pinball career, no doubt. And you learn from those losses. It's like, what could I, what I, what could have I done different? Or sometimes you just get beat. You, like sometimes you play absolutely phenomenal, but your opponent hits a hole in one, and it's like, wow, you know, I got an eagle. I mean, an eagle should have won, but this guy got a hole in one, right. and it's no different than pinball. Sometimes you just get beat. Yeah, but you, you know, after you get beat. And after you go shake that per and after you go shake that person's hand and you say, Well, thank you for the fierce competition though. I'll get uh, you next time. You learn <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd be like, What did you do? What did you do differently than you did in your last game though? What was it that you that helped yeah. you to win in this game? Well, and that's the beauty like, I was gonna say that's the beauty and pain of pinball is there is still that element of luck. I mean, there's a lot of skill, don't get me wrong, but when you're battling physics and some stuff is just out of your control, there is that element of luck. Right. Right. And, you know, sometimes luck is on your side. Sometimes luck is not on your exactly. side. So, all right, Zach, so out of your, uh, out of, in the NFL, who is your favorite? favorite what is your favorite who is your favorite team inside the nfl right now yeah after this past sunday i don't even want to say the bears anymore but uh no i mean i gotta go i gotta go with my bears 
I mean, it was a hard, it was a hard football game this uh, this past Sunday. I, I know. I was gonna say, can can you find the recording when we talked? Uh, you know, a month or two ago when we were, you know, the Bears were five and one, everything looked you know, rosy. That that was a much better conversation. <laughs> it was though, but you know, I can say the same thing about that a uh, couple months ago too, when we had this last conversation about the Bears <laughs> and my Washington football team when we were on the win streak at that yeah. time frame. But, you know, I can say that, you know, being a Washington football team fan, you got to be a diehard yeah. fan. You got to be a diehard fan with them because you never know. Yeah, you just got to ride the storm and just uh, I'm an eternal optimist. So until we're mathematically eliminated, it's like I still have hope. Still have hope. Right, right. And and, and in my division right now with the Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Oh, it's wide open for you guys. You know, my division is, right, it's so wide open. Yeah, it's definitely not looking so uh, pretty for us. But you know what? Like I said, there's still, you know, plenty of games left. And uh, fingers crossed. Well, in your division, you're still competitive. You still have um, Mitchell Trubisky. And my, uh, I know a guy that's another Bears fan. He's a diehard Bears fan. He tells me all the time frame. He works with me at my job. Tells me all the time frame that, you know, Mitchell Jabisky is – he's a good quarterback, though. He just needs some time to get developed, though. But before you guys took him out of the game, he was doing yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it was – it might have been a little premature, but – I mean, you can't argue, well, at least back then, you can't argue with the success, you know, Nick Foles, you know, had right from the jump. I mean, he got us pulled back in that miraculous comeback against Atlanta and then, you know, reeled off a couple more victories. But, yeah, it's uh, not been pretty since. <laughs> well, Nick Foles has gone through a lot of yeah. injuries, uh, you know, with this. I think he broke his collar. I mean, his shoulder blade or his collarbone or something like that. I think it was yep. last season before he came to the Bears. So he has had an up and down roller coaster of a career. He won a he won a title with the Eagles in that Super Bowl matchup. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I don't he knows how either. <laughs> right. I don't understand how he did it, but when he did it, he did it. He got a Super Bowl championship ring. And a lot of people took um, wind of that. And he took the Eagles. He was getting the Eagles back into the playoffs. He was rolling with them for a minute. They lost that game. He got tra- He got dropped to Jacksonville, came over to Chicago. And, I mean, his career has been yeah. up and down from there. And I can say the same thing about right now we have Alex Smith as our starter. Which is awesome. Here. I mean, that's like he's the comeback player of the year in my mind. I mean, you – Yes, I, I, I didn't think he was ever yes, going to play is. again. I mean, that was scary stuff. It was. It was very scary for me, though, because I was like, well, we were 6-3 and three when he went down, and now I'm like, we're 2-7, and seven, and the two games that we could have won, I can't beat a 53-yard field goal. I mean, 59-yard field goal kick, though. I yeah. can't beat that. But I can say, though, in some of the games, you've been we've been starting a little slow. But we're picking up speed as we're going. We're a young team, and we got chances yeah. to develop. And I think with Chicago, too, as well, I think that Chicago has a chance to develop themselves with Mitchell Trubisky as being your starting quarterback, and you just got to let him ride the wave. 
I hope so. I mean, I, I I will say the one good thing is our defense always keeps us competitive. So it's like if we can just get that offensive side just dialed in a little bit better. Um, watch out. Hey, I, I you know what? I was just going to say this. I can compare that to what you do at pinball. Sometimes you're on the defensive side and you keep yourself yep. in the game. But your offense sometimes has got to get a little bit better to win more. Uh, that's to stay perfect. On top. Perfect analogy. There you go. See, <laughs> I'm winning right there. <laughs> but um, so are you guys allowed to listen to music in in pinball competitions? Like, are you allowed to have headphones while you're playing in the games, or you just got to go in there just with a mentality of? Okay, I just got to listen to the bell. No, um, great question. You are allowed to listen. There's a lot of there's a lot of players that have headphones, whether they're listening to music. I know some players that literally have just a white noise machine in their headphones because it helps them settle their nerves. Me personally, I yeah. I would never wear headphones because I want to hear everything from the game. Now I know it's like very noisy at these competitions, and some people might find it distracting, but I. I zone out everything and I'm completely focused in the moment on the game I'm playing. And the reason why I want to hear everything that the game is offering me is sometimes when you hit a shot, it might not register. And if I hit something and I didn't have that audio cue that it registered or not, then I wouldn't know that I, you know, quote unquote, missed the shot because it didn't, you know, it hopped the switch or something. So I want to hear everything. Or if you get like a danger warning, you hear that little audio cue that, hey, I'm getting a little testy with this machine. Let me back off on nudging it. So I want to hear everything. Right. So how do you, okay, so let's say right now, let's imagine you're at the pinball game right now. How do you zone into the game? How do you just, zone out everything, put everything aside, block all the noise around you. And it's just you and the pinball um, machine. How do you knock out the noise? I. That's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before, but it's just natural. I mean, when you plunge the ball and right when you get transported into playing that ball, at least for me, I'm just instantly in the moment. Like I just the outside distractions go away and I'm just able to just be hyper-focused on trying to, you know, manipulate this little silver ball all over the play field. And yeah, it just, there's times where you feel like you're fighting the machine and you're missing shots and the ball just wants to drain all the time. But there's those magical moments wow. where every shot is work, you know, you're hit, it's kind of like in basketball, you're in the zone. It feels like you're shooting, you know, a little, golf ball into an ocean versus you know the other way around where every shot you're missing and it's kind of like you just know when you're dialed in and when you're in the the zen of pinball a lot of people like to say you're just one with the machine right i mean that you know i can say that when you know i see like players like lebron james or players like you know the late kobe bryant when I seen the mama mentality at its best when Kobe Bryant was playing, you can always see that laser death eye stare. I want to go out here and win this game. I want a championship ring. And Kobe always said, I mean, he always compares everything to the mama mentality. 
the kill first mentality on the court. Have a have a way of blocking out everything, using using the fan base, using what's ever around him to feed off the in, I mean to get energy from him. He's feeding off the energy levels and he's going out there giving a hundred percent every yeah. day. Is that can you say that is that what you're using the mentality? I, mean, I, I would say, I mean, every player and personality is different. I mean, there's a lot of vocal mm-hmm. people would say border angry players where you know they're kind of hitting the machine or you know frustrating and rage tilting when they fail. It, it's kind of like a golfer when they lose their cool right. and they might snap their club or break a bat over their knee. But um, it, it's no different than that passionate, competitive angle with pinball and. For me, it's just it's a it's a careful balance because even like with you know Kobe or LeBron, you don't want to get your you don't want to let your emotions get the best of you either. You might like let out a, a joyful cry of like success or failure, but when you get the ball, you don't want the spike of adrenaline to affect your shots because it's kind of that muscle memory and routine of hitting your shots that if you're too pumped up with adrenaline you're going to be a little jittery or you might shoot it a little early or late. And it, it's that careful balance of you want to be engaged emotionally, but you want to also harness it, if that makes sense. Right, right. I can agree with that. All right, let's see here. So tell us, uh, I mean, how is the scores like so – I remember I asked you this question beforehand, though, but um, just for our listeners' sake, again, tell us about how how you all keep score in pinball. Yeah, I mean, the, the easy part is the game does it it's themselves. So, you know, games, you can have one player up to four players, and there's a display, a, a nice LCD display, where it will show you your score. Or even on the older games, you know, it's like a little electrical electromechanical real or uh, dot matrix display and when you're taking turns you'll see your scores in real time and after your three balls the the scores are there like you will know that you have beaten your opponent or you lost right so and 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 they do the same thing in major competition yeah no i mean the game is the judge <laughs> so, um, tell us about in one game instance where you were on the verge of, like, I want to say, how can I, how can I phrase this question? Let's say you were on the, I mean, in one game instance where you were on the verge of losing, and you just miraculously came back in the game, and it was that last shot that you had to take to win a game. How how did you feel in that one second, or did you have any experience? All the time. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I, I would like to say, you know, more often than not, I was successful, and sometimes you're not. But, um, you know, it's it's funny. And my wife, she's been with me at a couple competitions, and she thinks that sometimes I'm a pessimist, where I like to say I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. And I, I ultimately feel <laughs> I'm an optimist. But in the moment, sometimes – I know that like my chances and not just using math, but it's like if my opponent has almost an unreachable score in my mind, 
it's kind of like, or even just like talking to, you know, my wife, if she was there with me at a competition, it's like, yeah, I'm probably screwed. And she's like, no, don't talk like that. It, it, you know, it's so negative. I'm like, no, no, like, trust me, I'm going to try and win. I'm not trying to be negative. Like, I'm just being right. a realist. Like, wow, if I can pull this off, that'll be awesome. And there's been times where I've had that exact conversation with her, one up and came back to my third ball and won. And it's just like, well, why do you have to be so negative beforehand? I'm like, I wasn't being negative. If anything, it helped motivate myself that like, God, this is so unreachable. Screw that. I am going to win. So I like kind of almost challenging myself that like, hey, this is, I, I am screwed. And my back's against the wall. I'm going to be even more hyper-focused to try to, you know, pull this victory out of, you know, my behind. And it, it's so rewarding when you're able to do that. Right. Now, is she a competitive? No, like I mean, I think she's competitive in general, but like she does, she just plays pinball for fun. Okay, okay. Have y'all ever gone up against each other and you know battled each other in the pinball? No, just just friendly competition. She she likes to watch and play for fun, but uh, not competitively. Okay, okay. Well, Zach, it's that part of the show where you get to ask questions to the host today on the show. Um, sure. Um, I'll, I'll use the same question I asked you last time, but maybe it's a different answer. What was the last pinball machine okay. that you played? I would have to say the last pinball machine I've played or game I played was on my Xbox. Um, literally a few months ago back, um, I was just playing pinball just to see if I still had it in, in pinball, I guess. Um, see if I still had the same uh, competitiveness in the game or see if I still had some talents in that gameplay of playing it. It was just a game. It was a regular game, regular pinball game. Uh, it's called Pinball Master 3 or something like that. Okay. Um, just because we had it on record last time, but I have to ask again, um, MJ or LeBron as the GOAT? Ah, you always ask, you, you, you got me I on know. that the last time frame and, you know, I, I, I'm still <laughs> stumped on that question though, but if I have to say statistically, stats wise, I'm going to give it to LeBron championships and rings and everything else i'm gonna give it to well then all right i'll 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 frame it in a different way and i'm not trying to lead you into the answer i want to hear but um you needed one person to make one critical shot to save humanity and it was with a basketball and they needed to make this one pressure-packed free throw who who would you pick to make that Mm. shot Oh, that's a tough question. I like that question. I like that. I like that one a lot. Um, if I had to pick one person to take the last and final shot for me, I'm gonna go with the Mamba. Interesting. All right. I'm gonna go with Kobe Bryant. Why I say that is because I know that Kobe Bryant, on any given day of a championship game set mindset that he has. And he learned it from Michael Jordan, though. But I think he kind of enhanced the game play of 
of a mindset that you got to go out there with a killer instinct to make sure that you always playing in the game seven type scenario in every game that you're playing into. So I would have to say in the last final seconds of humanity, I'm going to let Kobe Bryant take the last final shot. Fair, fair enough. And bring Yep. 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 Who would you Michael. pick? <laughs> Why would you pick Michael? Because growing up and again, you know, I might be biased because I'm a Chicago fan, but just seeing what he was <laughs> able to accomplish, not just on the, the biggest stage, but you know, game 38 in a season and like all those like, little hidden games that many people didn't watch throughout the years and just seeing him in person and what he was able to accomplish. Every time he had the ball in his hands, you thought he was making the shot. There was never a doubt in my mind. Every time he had the ball or went up for the last second shot or free throw, you name it. And it was just full confidence that like, he's going to do it again. Somehow, some way he's going to do it. And when you look at the, biggest stage for him to go six and oh in the finals six mvps it to me it's just it's incomparable like there's no blemish you know i can tell you i have a poster on my i have a picture of michael jordan taking the final oh yeah the the, the hand raised i mean it's just i wish he stopped i wish he didn't go to the you know the wizards but at the same time i can't fault him Right. But you know what, though? He had a good career with with the Wizards, though. No doubt. I mean, mean, he dropped a double nickel, I think, on the Knicks. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was still incredible Mm -hmm. in that twilight part of his career. But it's like to end on that sixth ring, the shot, the hand. I mean, it was just – it was so picture perfect, like a movie. You couldn't have scripted it any better. You couldn't have. You couldn't have. And I think that, you know – if Michael would have had just a glimpse of the same team that he had with the Chicago Bulls, with the Wizards, I believe the Wizards would have had a second or a third championship. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I, I, I was like, it, it was tough because I'm sure it's kind of like what the Patriots fans are going through with Tom Brady, where it's like, are, are they rooting for him in Tampa? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's in a different conference, so maybe they are. But like with me, I mean – being a Bulls fan, I was always, you know, number one Bulls fan, but I was always a Michael Jordan fan. And I was rooting for, I know his last season with the Wizards, I think they missed the playoffs by like a game. And I really wanted them to make the playoffs because I just wanted Michael back in the playoffs just to see if he could pull that magic again. You know, I think we all did though in that in that instance of a fact because – I was rooting for MJ. Uh, I wanted, I would, you know what? I would really love to see, but I would never get a chance to see it ever again before yeah. Kobe passed away um, or ever see it. But I would have loved to see a LeBron James and a Kobe Bryant oh, NBA yeah. finals. Yeah. We, we, you know what? Now that and that's like not to knock on LeBron, but man, we could have had that when the Magic beat them. Yes. But yes. Yeah, sometimes yes. it's just not in the cards. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, he was with the Miami Heat and the Lakers were going. I remember all the commercials that used to come down on the TV set. Everything that used to commercial 
it was Kobe, it was LeBron, it was Kobe <laughs> calling up LeBron. Everything yeah. was matching up for this NBA Finals game. And you couldn't tell me that LeBron was going to make it out the East. You couldn't tell me that Kobe wasn't going to make it out the East. It was just that instant of a second where you know one of these two teams yeah. are going to come to the Finals. And either both teams will come to the Finals or whatever the case may be is, you knew that one of them was going to the Finals. And I can say that, too, also with the Clippers and the Lakers this season, this past season. I wanted to see them in the Western Conference oh, because these are the two teams in the West. Right. These were the two teams in the West that had so much competitive. They were so competitive against each other that you wanted to see them go seven games. Yeah, and then sometimes I mean it's it's sports and in a nutshell, it's that's why why we keep coming back and it's no different than pinball. Every game is different and you just never know how the ball is gonna bounce. It could be in your favor or not. Exactly. And you know, I you know, I would have to say one day, and I know I put this on record last time, Frank. You know, one day, hopefully, when all this COVID things panned out and everything else, um, you know, I want to, I want to see if I can try to compete in a, a pinball action competition one day. I want to see if I can do it one day, and and just rise to the top. And and since you're number one on the top of the list, you know, you would be the goal to, to play up. Hell yeah, them. man! I, I I cannot wait. I can't wait neither. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was just looking into it to the future one day. I was saying to myself, uh, Mark and Zach just going up against each other in the competition. Who would win? Now I know you have the, you have the lifelong, you know, uh, competition in you, where you've been playing this game for so long. That's that's your baby. That's your dream right there. And me just coming out of the woodwork, just coming in there, facing off a competitor like you are, it, it, it probably would come down to a, a hangnail <laughs> where, you know, I, 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 you you will squeeze out the victory because I'll be so competitive just to beat your score. I'll be like, well, come on. We got to do this. But at the end of the day. Exactly. And I, I love your mindset. Like for me, I will never admit to I, I will always in my mind. I'm going to win. And I guess this is like the optimist in me. I will win until I'm not able to win. Like I lost. And at the end of the day, you kind of put that aside and it's fun. I mean, pinball is fun. So even though it can hurt sometimes when you lose on the big stage of things, after that little quick moment of defeat passes, you know, you're congratulating the other person, you know, as much as it hurts for you in losing, I mean, that's monumental for your opponent in winning and you want to be happy for them. So it's just that camaraderie and just congratulating good sportsmanship. It, it kind of transcends sports into life as well. I definitely agree with that one. So Zach, do you have any more questions? I don't. Do you have any more for me? I am. I'm out of questions. I think you've answered a lot of my questions. Um, also, uh, Zach, um, I have a, a um, something to pitch to you. Do you like uh, like uh, barbecue sauce? Because um, DC and Mer- DC and Maryland has um, 
their number one sauce in the DMV area, which is, um, like I said, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. We have this sauce called mumbo sauce. I, I have not. I love barbecue. Yeah, it's well, it's like a barbecue sauce, but it's like our tangy sauce that we put on chicken wings, French fries, okay. and stuff down here. There's a website that you can go to that if you want to try some of our um, the DC area's um, famous sauce that we have down here in the DC area, which is called mumbo sauce. If you go to this website called MrSauces.com. Um, there's some, there's some lot of good sauce recipes on there. Um, there's a lot of good uh, stuff that you could buy off that website if you yep. want to go try one of our sauce recipes. I definitely uh, will. Out there. I'm hungry now. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, it's good with chicken wings. It's good on top of um, French fries. Uh, you can put it on anything. You can put it on uh, fried fish. Whatever you want to put it on, right. it, it's good. It's very good. It's no, very thank good you. I'll have to check it out. And I would say um, not barbecue sauce related, but if you're a big pizza fan, I'd say there's a really, yes. it's my favorite Chicago style pizza called Lou Malnati's and they deliver worldwide. They'll ship their frozen pizzas. Really? And I, I, yet to find a better tasting pizza anywhere thin crust thick crust or you know any kind of crust it doesn't matter it's so good so now that we're on the topic of food I'll, i had to you know pay it for it uh, okay um are you selling so are you telling me this pizza that you just told me about is better than the chicago oh, it is, i mean it's a, it's a form of it it is a chicago style place Okay. And they deliver um, worldwide frozen pizzas. It's the best. Wow. Okay. Well, I definitely got to look that up then. I got to def. What's the um, name of that website again? So that the uh, actually the, the audience members can hear about it. And I can also go back into the show. Sure. It's a Lou Malnati's. That's L-O-U-M-A-L-N-A-T-I-S. Okay. Everybody, y'all heard that. Y'all need to go get check out these pizzas, man. Y'all go check out these pizzas, y'all. And, and and if Zach says it's the best pizzas, it's gotta be the best pizzas in in, in Chicago. So yep. get y'all pizzas today. And, and tell them that Zach sent y'all there. Yeah, maybe they'll be a sponsor of a future Stern Pinball <laughs> tournament too. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I really do hope so. Hey Zach. I appreciate you coming live on the show with me again today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to have another interview with you. And I hope to plan on doing many more with you again later on down the road. And um, hopefully, you know, you can get back into getting uh, pinball going forward again um, after this COVID pandemic goes Definitely. away for good. And I, I'd say, you know, also for your listeners, I mean, I know that we're not having these in-person events, but you know, going off of the success of this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, invite um, remote tournament, we have an upcoming one on our mm -hmm. Avengers pinball machine. And uh, yours truly is going to be competing Ooh. in it. So maybe we'll uh, talk uh, after that airs in uh, the near future. Okay. Well, Zach, if you had to tell the listeners something to... Um... The last thing you want to tell the listeners out there, tell them something, um, sell your product to them. 
Give go to sternpinball.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, you name it. And just get out and play pinball. It's so much fun. Safely and responsibly. I will add that. <laughs> hey, Zach, I thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on show, again. Man. All right, All right you, you too. have a good day, man. All right, bye. All right, thank y'all.